0: Have you signed up for Unfound's other podcast, Unfound Live, yet? Thank you. Brandon Rashard was a 41-year-old from Anoka, Minnesota. He was the father of four and loved to help others. On November 5th, 2021, in Anoka, Brandon met with a young man who had hit Brandon with his car a few days before. At this meeting... Brandon was to receive at least $1,000 in cash for his injuries. He was never seen again. I'm at Denzel, and this is unfound. Although I haven't yet done any statistics on the topic, perceptually, there does seem to be a correlation, if not causation, between car issues, car accidents, let's just say car problems, and disappearances. Why could this be? Maybe because we spend so much time in our vehicles. Maybe because, despite wrecks being down over the past 50 years, Road rage and the like are way up. Or maybe because more people are driving when they are unfit to do so. Drug addiction is way up in the United States. Thus, we have more impaired drivers. Some examples from Unfound's own catalog of cases. Shane Fell flipped his car and disappeared in Louisiana. Esther Westenbarger drove into a pond. Daniel Villarreal hit other cars, then ran off, allegedly. Jason Landry wrecked his car and seemingly walked away. Ronald McNutt, his truck with a body in it, found over a cliff in Northern California, and that body has still not been identified. And we have many that involve vehicles in general. Well, with the disappearance of Brandon Rochard, the wreck occurred a couple days before. Yet he wasn't even driving. Still, what transpired from this unhappy accident? And now a summary of the case. However, this is not on the Charlie Project. Brandon Richard was a friendly type of guy. In fact, maybe a little too friendly, in that he couldn't realize when people were taking advantage of him. Brandon ended up having a relationship with a girl he knew from his childhood. They became a couple in the late 2000s and had two daughters. However, there were problems for Brandon. He had problems with maturity. And after Brandon's breakup with the mother of his two daughters, he developed a meth addiction while with a new woman in his life. However, at the time of his disappearance, Brandon was in a program to get his life in order. So, on November 3rd, 2021, two days before his disappearance, Brandon was on his bike and got hit by a car driven by an 18-year-old. On the spot, the driver agreed to pay Brandon in cash so as to avoid getting insurance involved. Then on November 5th, Brandon was due to meet the driver, Dominic, to collect the money at a McDonald's in Anoka. Video shows Brandon was there. Then according to Dominic, after handing over the money, he gave Brandon a ride to Spring Lake Park. Brandon got out of the car and left. He was never seen again. Searches and the investigation were hampered by nobody realizing Brandon was missing until nine days later when his girlfriend Gina called Brandon's family to ask about him. The past two weeks, we covered the disappearances of men who are very much like Brandon Rashar. Addiction issues, life issues, relationship issues, job issues. Well, with Brandon's, we add in a cash transaction that seemed to be the worst choice of all possibilities. Keep that in mind as you try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, what are the odds that Brandon, a guy who was hurting for money, would get into a wreck where the driver would offer to give him cash? Number two. Did the story really change from one time to the next regarding the trip after the McDonald's meeting, or is it just the telephone game? And number three, how would we view this disappearance if the accident from two days before never happened? Brandon's family and friends are convinced foul play occurred to cause his disappearance. The guest for this episode is Brandon's ex-girlfriend and mother of two of his children, Jenny Whiting. Unfound News. The newsletter came out yesterday. If you're on the list, you got it. If you didn't, please email me at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Another interesting 3,000 words plus from yours truly. Next We will have a very special guest on Unfound next Friday. I'll be announcing who that will be on Unfound Live this coming Monday. Finally, the next Unfound now is now available on YouTube for those who have joined as members on the channel. Everybody else, you'll have to wait until next weekend. So please consider becoming a member and support everything Unfound does. Thanks. Where you can find Unfound. On these following podcast platforms. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and many others. Especially outside the United States. The new podcast, Unfound Live, which comes out on Tuesdays, can also be found on these platforms. Social media sites. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newest one, TikTok. Listener support sites Patreon.com forward slash Unfound Podcast, PayPal.me forward slash Unfound Podcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound a very good friend of Brandon and the mother of two of Brandon's children, Jenny Whiting. Jenny, welcome to Unfound. Thank you let's start here. Uh, as I just introduced you, gave you uh, a couple different titles there. Why don't you just talk a little bit about yourself? Uh, first your connection to Brandon. How did you two even know each other before you had a couple kids together? Let's start there.
1: So I met Brandon when I was like seven or eight years old through my older brother, it was his friend. So, um, We've known each other for quite a while through that, because he was just at my house a lot when we were younger, and so I pretty much just knew him. He was always over at our house, spending the night, whatever, mm-hmm. and so I knew him for many years, approximately like 17 years before him and I developed a relationship as adults when I was about 22, so mm-hmm. uh, well, that's how I kind of met Brandon.
0: Yeah. did you? uh, Could you have ever predicted when you knew him way back when that you two would become a couple? Was that something that came up that was kind of unexpected?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. When I started hanging out with him when I got older, because there was like um, a time period where I moved back to Arizona, where I was originally from, and then I didn't see him for about four years or so. So Mm -hmm. when I moved back to Minnesota... We reconnected, and then that's kind of how that developed.
0: Mm-hmm. Approximately, what year did you two end up uh, becoming a couple? Just approximately, what year? Like
1: 2012. Oh, Okay. 2000, oh, the end of 2011, something like
0: that. Okay, so about 10 years ago, sometime in um, there.
1: More like 14 or so.
0: 14 years ago. Well, that would have take us oh, back oh, to oh, like. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was when our second daughter was born, was 2012. Um, our first daughter, she is almost 14, so that would have been in 2008, Oh, uh, okay. the end of seven.
0: All right, so you had a relationship going way back to the 2000s. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, um, of course, you were not a couple uh, at the time of the disappearance, so... Uh, you two uh, lived together for a long time, and how would you um, maybe, as much as you want to say, Jenny, about your relationship uh, with Brandon? What was it that kind of uh, you know attracted you to him? Of course, you knew him a long time, but it obviously takes more than that for two to be a couple. What was it about him that uh, you know you, he became a friend and then a boyfriend, uh, father of your children? Um, it was just he
1: was always such a good happy kind-hearted person he would help anybody no matter what he had or didn't have he was always just his love for life I think really attracted me to him Mm -hmm. and you know over the course of we were together almost 10 years um just kind of we were younger you know I was 20 like two Mm -hmm. and he is five years older than me Okay So he was like twenty seven and throughout those nine, ten years we were together, we just kind of grew apart as far as like what we wanted our life to look like, or mm-hmm. you know things like that. It wasn't because we hated each other or anything like that. It was honestly a hard decision to even make, yeah. but we did just ultimately grow apart as far as that, okay.
0: okay and so you have two children together
1: yes and how
0: old are they now you said one is 14 how old is the other one
1: yeah she's almost 14 our oldest one she's still 13 she'll be 14 in um the beginning of june and then our other daughter just turned nine Mm -hmm. on the 16th of november
0: okay very good thank you Let's just uh, now talk a little bit about Brandon. Of course, you uh, um, were his girlfriend, your mother of his children, but what would you say some of the qualities, what was Brandon into, his interests, uh, personality, how did you think other people viewed him, his other friends? You know, just as a man, um, why don't you talk about Brandon?
1: Well, Brandon, he was always... Like, that was one thing I really pushed for when we were together was for him to, like, give respect to the people that also gave him respect. People would come to him and use him a lot of times, and he because he was a good-hearted person, he was always happy, things like that. Um, He was always there for whoever, so that opened the door sometimes for him. To get used um, by other people. Let's
0: see. And
1: so I, he was a very I would say more of like a vulnerable person to that because he was so overly nice and overly caring that it made him kind of naive to what people would do to mm-hmm. him and the way they would respect him. So. Yeah.
0: It made me hard. Did Did you ever, uh, being that you knew him for so long? Uh, did you ever try to talk to him about that? Um, what what, would it, what was his response?
1: I mean, he knew it a lot of times, but still had a hard time in the moment because he was also very impulsive. You know, he had like ADHD and things like that. He was very um, just impulsive in nature. And then when he would go back and think about it, he would be able to see like what I was talking about on... Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, it was hard in the moment for him, you know, Mm -hmm. he always wanted to see, like, the good in people, I mean, everyone makes mistakes and stuff like that, but he did have a hard time, like, fitting in throughout his childhood as well, which I knew, Mm -hmm. um, with others, so he always was looking for acceptance from other people, which led him to, again, being used or vulnerable to Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. Um, So even talking was hard um, to do sometimes because it was always so in the moment that he was in, kind of.
0: Yeah. He just wanted to help people. Maybe didn't see the downside of that sometimes.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, okay. What about, uh, maybe I need to ask about this. What about his family? You already said that he had a brother. Um, How many siblings did he have? And was he close to his siblings, uh, the rest of his family, his parents, whoever else? Was he close with them?
1: Oh, yeah, his mom was. His mom and I and his dad were the closest people to him, even leading up to him disappearing, as far as people that wanted good from him or for him and that weren't like people that would use him. So, I mean, he was very close with them, and he has two half sisters and a half brother um, that. Uh, was from his dad. They have the same father. Okay. So his dad was married prior to Brandon's mom, and so that's where his half siblings come from.
0: Okay. And with this, and uh, was this all in the uh, Anoka, Minnesota area, or was that somewhere else?
1: Yep, yeah, all uh, in Anoka County. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so this, he grew up in the general area where he went missing. Yes. Okay. And you still live uh, in that general area now? Yes. Okay. All right. So he has family. All these family members are close. Um, you know, you're with him for several years. And uh, I think, well, you know, and the listeners should understand that Jenny is not a suspect. We, Of course, sometimes we are very suspicious of ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, the like. I can assure everybody, Jenny is not a suspect in any way. And Brandon's disappearance, which I think will be very obvious uh, once we get into all of this. So, um, But I do have to ask, what was it eventually uh, that broke you two apart? And what year was that when that happened?
1: Um, It was approximately 2015. And it was more so, um, like I said, just growing apart as I was going to college. I was working. I was doing a lot of the taking care of both of our kids and he was having a hard time. I guess you can say growing up as far as like taking responsibility for some of the responsibilities Mm -hmm. we had in our life, Mm -hmm. whether it be with the kids, he was having a hard time finding out what he wanted to do with his life as far as, you know, just different work aspects and was kind of just, And it just got very exhausting, honestly, on both of our parts, that it just kind of led us to grow apart. But we always still maintained, like, interaction. I mean, I still spent, you know, majority of every holiday with the girls at his family's house, and Mm -hmm. he would come there. I mean, he would still call me for advice or, you know, whatever. If I ever needed anything, I could always call him, too, you know? Right.
0: So, I guess what you're saying is it was kind of a, um, I'm sure it was very tough on both of you, but you managed to stay friends after. Mm-hmm, absolutely.
1: Oh,
0: okay. And how long, uh, how, how often, I should say, how often would you uh, see him or talk to him? Um,
1: I, prior to the last, I guess, five years, when he was found a different girlfriend who made it very hard. I mean, we would still talk almost daily, multiple times a day, or, you know, for sure, weekly, you know. But then the last five years has been harder to do that as much just because of, I guess, the person that he was with. It just made things a lot difficult. So, I mean, it was still, I don't know monthly sometimes it would be more often but towards the end of his disappearance he was trying to um like restabilize his life so he had gotten into a program that Mm -hmm. was helping him with that and he was calling me again daily you know Mm -hmm. for the sake of purposes for like talking to the kids and showing Mm -hmm. you know stability and things like that so up until two days before he went missing, he had been calling me every day for the oh, last, like,
0: wow. wow. All right. So it seems then, getting closer to his disappearance, you had more contact with him than ever.
1: Yeah, than mm-hmm. in the past five years, for sure. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Very good. And we're going to talk about uh, this new girlfriend, this uh, girlfriend he had for five years here in a moment. Am I then to understand that uh, there was was really no official custody arrangement uh, with with the kids? You just had full custody, and he could see them wherever he wanted. Or what was the arrangement?
1: Um, The arrangement, yeah. I mean, I had all the custody of the kids, and he Mm. knew that the kids were, you know, perfectly good with me. You know, and he the arrangement was, you know, as long as he wasn't um, in any sort of trouble and that he, he could see them whenever at his parents' house as long as, you know, there wasn't the girlfriend around who would cause problems in front of my kids and he wasn't in any sort of trouble. He was welcome to see them whenever.
0: Okay, very good. All right, so we got a good idea uh, about Brandon, his relationship with you, his relationship with his family. Now we'll get into um, uh, that rehab that you talked about. But unfortunately, if we're going to talk about rehab, we have to talk about what caused him to go to rehab in the first place. And that, of course, was an addiction. We don't need to stay too much on this, but we do have to talk about it, given that you knew him so long. Um, How did it start? Do you remember the first time you realized that he might have had a problem? What can you say about this?
1: Well, Brian was sober the whole time that we were together. And he, um, like I said, had that impulsiveness. And I think it was hard for him to, I don't know, um, kind of just break apart um, in our relationship that he just was hanging around people that, you know, did it right of things like marijuana and then he did get into a little bit of mess for a short time but the program that he was specifically in wasn't just like rehab Mm -hmm. for drugs or alcohol it was like a restabilizing your life so it could be anywhere from somebody that was just you know maybe homeless or lost their job and needed to restabilize the help with that like so housing and just different things it was like Mm -hmm. a um kind of a universal place to mm-hmm. help people with any sort of life changing circumstances
0: okay would you say that he ever had any addictions before you two became a couple? do you even know anything about that or was this something that really became a problem after you two broke up?
1: Yeah, I mean that's when I feel like it really did become a problem. I know he had some different using prior to us being together um but as far as us being together he was pretty much sober the entire time as far as all that i mean he occasionally would drink um Um, or things like that that i knew of but nothing ever to where it was a problem
0: okay all right, and you believe, though, that what eventually drove him to this rehab that we're going to talk about in a second, because it was kind of an unusual setup, at least as far as I can tell. But you think that uh, crystal meth was, like, his big issue? That was the reason?
1: Um, it was more so him trying to... He wanted to better him his life, mm-hmm. and him and this girl were using that as mm-hmm. what my... Is and so he was doing different things to, I guess, try to sabotage their connection to that. So, um, that's where I think some of these problems came in prior Mm -hmm. to his appearance, was um, his different things he was doing to try to sabotage that connection because. From my understanding, she was having a harder time letting go of that type of lifestyle than he was.
0: Okay. All right, so we're just going to say that... Uh, did it, does it surprise you that he got into an addiction, knowing him as as no. long as you did? It didn't. Okay.
1: No, well, it uh, didn't because after like, him and I broke up, he felt very... Um, I think lost in what he wanted to do and like the reasoning behind us breaking up and different things was his lack of growing up and things like that. And just knowing the impulsiveness of his behaviors that he was easily led astray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It didn't really surprise me that much because that he fell into it like that with those type of people.
0: Okay. Let's move on to this rehab situation because, I once again, I think we need to understand this, even just the location and, and how, long, how long this had been going on. Uh, this was actually being run out of a, a residence in, like a, like a motel in the area, and it was called Stepping Stone. What can you um, tell the listeners about it just so they can get a, an understanding of how, how is this thing being run out of a hotel, like people were staying there? What, what is this?
1: so it's a program and they have like a main facility but then because with COVID and things like that they there was many people that have different life-changing circumstances which led them to I guess rent out a portion of this hotel that was like an overflow area for some of the people in need or help and so um, of course amongst them there's people that want to truly help themselves and then there's people that want a place to stay. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a mixture of people in there, but it does it there's different like guidelines, I guess you could say, where you know, you attend different meetings with counselors, with different people from housing units, from job um, you know, counseling to different mm-hmm. ways to like how to improve your life overall.
0: hmm Okay. And Let me ask you this. I just have to ask you this. So what after you two broke up though, was Brandon at times kind of homeless?
1: He stayed with his parents Mm -hmm. as like, that was a structured, stable place. Um, it kind of just got to the point with in the relationship that he was in where, you know, it just wasn't helping him to give him that safety net anymore it got to the point where it was kind of like he needed to do some of this work on his own to really truly realize like and be grateful for you know the different things that would accumulate if he did it on his own mm-hmm. type of a thing um because it just was getting too i, I think it was like made too easy to always have that safety net, so his parents were trying to help him and things like that by showing him he had to do some of this stuff on his own.
0: Okay. Let's move on to this woman uh, that you've spoken about a few times now, uh, and I know you have a very strong uh, opinion of her. Just in general terms, why don't you tell the listeners about Gina, how she and Brandon met, uh, did she know him like for a long time before they became a couple? Did they have any children together? What can you say about her and Brandon?
1: Well, um, leading up to his disappearance, they had been together for five years, and they had two children together, um, which both had been— they gave one up for adoption, mm-hmm. and the other, I guess, signed their rights over to her mother, so they didn't have custody of either one of them. Um, but they had two children together. Um, it's my understanding they met through mutual friends. Um, and apparently we had gone to school together, which I never really knew up until Brandon had disappeared that we even went to the same
0: school mm-hmm. together.
1: I had no knowledge of her prior to the meeting, who she even was, but... That's my understanding of how they met.
0: okay. Is she so when you say she like might have gone to high school with you, I know realize that Brandon's a little older, but is she like your age? Is she like Brandon's age or
1: I think she's in the middle. I think she might be a little bit older than I am mm-hmm. which I'm thirty seven right now. Okay, so I think she is maybe a year older than me. I'll okay. be thirty eight in like a week. Okay. So,
0: Alright, so, but you, but your understanding is that uh, you all three went to the same high school, but you have no recollection of her. Right. Okay. When was the first time you had ever even heard her name after you two broke up? I mean, how were you, were you ever, like, introduced to her by Brandon, or what was it? How do you even, yeah, even know one,
1: once they got together, he had introduced me to her, and that's the first time I even had any knowledge mm. of her at all. Okay. Um,
0: oh. Okay. And in your opinion, um, was she a negative influence on Brandon?
1: I mean, it took—it didn't take me long to find out that she did have a negative influence, but I mm-hmm. always tried to give people um, a chance and form my own opinion. But it took probably maybe a couple of months for me to realize that you know, their relationship was not healthy.
0: Okay. All right. And did you see, when once they got together, in your opinion, did you see a big change in Brandon by him dating her? Did he look to be um, in worse shape than he was when he was with you?
1: Oh, yeah, um, for sure. He, you know, after being together for six months, I mean, I knew for sure that mm-hmm. they you know, she was making it harder for him to even talk to our kids together. Whereas at the very beginning, she Mm -hmm. seemed as if she wanted him to see his kids. But I mean, after about six months, you know, I started seeing changes in his behavior, the things he, his lack of like wanting to try to put effort into like small things to like meet up with the kids or call them. Um, the way he looked seemed to start to be different. He would, you know, tell me about different fights that they would start to have. Um, I mean, he was pretty open with most things to me, but it just Mm -hmm. became harder and harder for him to even, like, for example, come to Christmas and open some presents with the kids. She made it very difficult.
0: Okay. All right, so you would also say that Gina was not a big fan of you?
1: Well, I think she was more at first um, maybe intimidated by me, but then um, mm-hmm. she seemed okay with me for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then definitely it, after the six months, she seemed to just come up with all these different reasons as to why... Um, We were not, or she did not want him talking to me.
0: Okay. All right, and you have told me uh, that during this time that they were together, they did have some housing issues, that they were living in a tent, they were living like in a storage unit. Are these things all true?
1: Yeah, so he had been on a waiting list with the Stepping Stone program for probably about 15 months or a little over a year, something like that. So... During that time, um, in between, you know, losing that safety net at his parents' house um, and um, getting into the Stepping Stone program, they were, I don't know, roughing it, just staying wherever they could In some mm-hmm. of those places, from what I heard, did involve, you know, staying in storage unit or a tent wow. or
0: things like that okay and what were they your understanding the best i realize you have your own life to live you were taking care of uh your kids brandon's kids but you to your best understanding what were they doing for money
1: i mean i know that you know with some of the COVID things they would get those relief um packages or whatever they also i mean i'm not even 100 mm-hmm. percent sure Sometimes, but I mean, I think they would, you know, find extracurricular ways. Okay. A lot of which I didn't even really want to know how. I,
0: I, I gotcha. They're, I guess what we're saying here is neither of them had um, steady jobs. Exactly. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. So they're together, kind of roughing it, going through some tough times. Brandon's trying to get. Uh, his life straightened out. Not sure if Gina is helping that or not. In the meantime, you're, uh, you have full custody of, uh, of both of your kids that you have with Brandon. You're living your life. You, you know, you're going to school, as you stated, and all of these things. And we come up to November of 2021. So this is just a little over a year ago. And uh, we know that the disappearance date is November 5th. But what do you know about what happened on this particular date in early November of 2021? What do you know about this crash? I realize that you were not there. The listeners have to understand, you were not there. But what have you been told about Brandon and Gina being together and there was a crash? What do you know about it?
1: Um, I know he was staying at the Stepping Stones like Hotel and right on the frontage road that you need to pass there's really no other way Um, the end of this frontage road comes to a college it's a community college so when you leave the community college um you go down this frontage road and it passes right by that hotel and he was on his bike and apparently because gina was not enrolled in this program it was brandon enrolled so she couldn't go inside and take a shower so i guess she was going to go to the college take a shower, and she was on his bicycle, and she was there somewhere, too, and there was a kid leaving the college, and what the kid was doing, I'm not sure, but somehow was distracted and hit Brandon on his bicycle, where he flew off of the bike, um, mm-hmm. and he had some injuries to, like, his hip, his wow. leg, his arm, I believe it was, like, the right side of it okay um but i wow. guess it was witnessed by gina as well the bike was ruined and it had broke his cell phone that he had okay um, so it's my understanding the kid stopped and after they had talked that the kid and brandon came to some arrangement where the kid was going to give him money instead of calling and reporting the accident.
0: Okay. And we're no, we, I think, can at least use this kid's first name. I think that the full names are out there somewhere, both of this uh, this teenager and his dad. But for now, we're just going to call him Dominic. So Dominic is driving the car, and it, then it is your understanding that Dominic was at fault in this accident?
1: Yeah, I mean, he admitted to hitting Brandon and not... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, however okay. it happened, but okay. he admitted that.
0: Okay. So Brandon just told along. Gina's, I, I guess, on a bike too?
1: I believe she was actually out of foot.
0: Okay. And something happens. Uh, you know, teenagers are the worst drivers. That's why their insurance rates are so high. So maybe this isn't unusual. Something happens, and kid isn't watching where he's going. Hits Brandon. Brandon is able to walk away from it, even with these injuries. But in the process, he and Dominic come up with this arrangement that to keep this off the insurance books and keep the police out of it, that money would exchange hands. Do you know how much money that was? It's
1: Dominic said the full amount they agreed on was $4,000. But how much he had given... Ended up giving him is up for debate. I'm not 100%. Mm-hmm. But anywhere from like one to $2,000 is what he had given him. Okay. Two days later.
0: Okay, and we're going to get to that. Um, did you know about this, you personally, did you know about this accident involving Brandon and Dominic before Brandon went missing?
1: Yes.
0: How did you find out about it?
1: Um, Brandon had told his mom um, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I a little bit about
0: it. Okay. And at that point during that conversation, did Brandon ever say anything about any money?
1: Yeah, he had said that that was what was that that's what he was going to do because he didn't want the kid to get in trouble with his parents whose whose car the kid was driving. Okay. um, Or Dominic was driving. So that Mm -hmm. he didn't want it. You know, get that put on the kids' record and go through all of that that they agreed on this settlement of money in. We didn't think that was a great idea for him to do that.
0: But that's what he was going to do. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what we're saying is, in your opinion at the time, of course, you don't know that Brandon's going to go missing in a couple days after this. In your opinion at the time, you thought this arrangement had been made, so... um, the kids in uh, insurance wouldn't get danged, and also maybe even to keep this to the point where his parents didn't even know about it. Right. Okay, that was your, once again, that was your impression when you spoke to Watch. Brandon about this wreck.
1: Oh,
0: right. right. Okay, great. Do you know if uh, I realized he didn't have any money or anything, but were the injuries bad enough that he ever went to an emergency room, for example?
1: No, he didn't end up ever going to the doctors or to a
0: hospital. Okay. Did you ever see uh, pictures of these injuries? Yes. You did. How, uh, If you can, explain them. How bad were they? You're, you, Of course, you're a mother. you used to dealing with kids with boo-boos and bruises and everything else. How would you explain how bad these injuries were?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say that they looked life-threatening at all. I mm-hmm. mean, they were pretty much superficial from what they looked like he did have some swelling um Mm -hmm. you know some scrapes for sure down his leg and on his hip um and his arm but they didn't look Mm life-threatening to me from what i could tell all
0: right so no in your opinion once again i realize you didn't see them firsthand no broken bones for example
1: no, he did have a limp that he was walking mm-hmm. with prior to his disappearance, but there again, um, nothing that's mm-hmm. I could tell from how he was ex- describing it when, or like from the pictures I saw, mm-hmm. nothing that be like they would be life-threatening at all.
0: Okay, all right. So then you find out about this wreck, and you know that. Brandon uh, is going to get money from uh, this uh, kid Dominic, thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, and we'll say we'll talk about what Dominic said later. But did you know that they would be getting together at this McDonald's on November fifth? No. Okay. What is your understanding then about what happened on this date, November fifth? We and we realize uh, not to foreshadow things but stories change that we'll get to later but what is the generally accepted uh scenario of Brandon being at this McDonald's in Anoka Minnesota
1: that day um it was that that he went um to this McDonald's and um that they had made this plan. Gina and him had made this plan the night before, I guess they had been talking with Dominic through Gina's phone because when Brandon had gotten hit the, you know, two days before his disappearance, his phone, like I had mentioned, had broke. And um, so I guess Gina and Dominic had exchanged phone numbers at that time through her phone. So this texting occurred um, to set this meetup was through her phone and I guess it happened on must have been then the fourth of November and that they were going to meet Dominic at this McDonalds at noon on the fifth. Okay. And that um she was going to give him money.
0: Okay. And what was at least the original story that Dominic told, once again, your understanding, we'll get into all the the time in between, but what is generally accepted happened on that day?
1: That Dominic was running a little bit late to the McDonald's, and he was in a hurry because he was going to go out of town, and when he got to the McDonald's, Brandon was there, and that he gave Brandon $1,000, and that he gave him a ride and mm-hmm. dropped him off in Spring Lake Park, mm-hmm. and that from there Dominic left and was going to give him more money once he returned on that following like mo- Sunday or Monday after mm-hmm. his after he got back from out of town, mm-hmm. and he was going to give Brandon then more money at that point.
0: Okay but according once again to the original story that after dominic dropped brandon off at spring lake park and we'll talk about the significance of that in a moment that that is when brandon went missing
1: yeah because that's the last known footage we have from him was at mcdonald's Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's the last we know
0: okay what is the significance of spring lake park why Course we know that there's this McDonald's uh where he is and we know that there's the residence inn, which is not in Spring Lake Park, it's in the opposite direction of the McDonald's. Um, what would be the significance of Dominic or Brandon wanting to go to Spring Lake Park?
1: Well, that's where, you know, we had all gone to high school with Spring Lake Park. We knew different people in the area. There was also a bike that he had another bike, not the one he had gotten hit on. Um but another bike that he had, like, kind of chained up at this apartment complex that he wanted to get.
0: Wow. okay. So he had, like, multiple bikes? He kind of just uh, stationed them in different locations?
1: Well, just the two bikes he had. Okay. And I don't know if... Because one bike he would ride, and the mm-hmm. other Gina Road, or somehow they got... So, I don't know, but he had two bikes.
0: Okay. So... This is the story. This is the original story. Dominic takes Brandon, gives him a ride down to Spring Lake Park, and it seems like a decent idea that Brandon needed his other bike, and he might as well get a ride down there instead of walking since he had this injury. Anyway, um, is there a video of Brandon at that McDonald's that day?
1: Yeah, before getting picked up by Dominic.
0: Okay, all right. We'll come back to that. So when does everybody... Maybe you, of course, you're talking to Brandon quite a bit. You even stated you were talking to him a lot before he went missing. But it seems like the fifth is the last day that anybody saw him or talked to him. When does everybody start realizing that something isn't right? Was it you? Was it his family? Was it somebody else? What can you say about those next few days, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth?
1: Well, it was actually for nine days Mm -hmm. before we actually... No, but after like about four or so days, his mom and I were like, have you talked to Brandon? No. Have you talked to him? And then we kind of thought that maybe it was just because Gina's phone number was the only number to get a hold of him at that maybe Mm -hmm. she was just not wanting him to use her phone. So it was making it kind of hard for him to call or maybe, you know, we weren't 100% sure what was going on, but then on the ninth day is when... Gina messaged Brandon's mom saying she hadn't heard from him in multiple days. Well, multiple days we didn't know really was nine days. We thought maybe two days yeah, or something along those lines. Right. But here we found out it was nine days before he even, she even contacted his mom. Wow.
0: Okay, so you're saying approximately, so he goes missing on November 5th, so you're saying like the 14th is before Gina contacted contacted anybody that you know of
1: right and then um then that would bring us to the day before um my youngest daughter's eighth birthday yeah and so we had her birthday and that's when my sister put a post on facebook saying has anybody heard from brandon Mm -hmm. um and, you know, really nobody had heard from him. So then the very next day, actually, the 16th of November is when we made the police report. 16th or 17th. Um, we made the actual missing person report because it had to be mm-hmm. like so long from when we found out he went missing.
0: Right. Okay. Now, let me just ask you some questions about a little bit of that. So you don't hear from Gina for nine days. Of course, you didn't have a very good relationship with her either. doesn't sound to me like Brandon's family didn't really maybe have a very good relationship with him. But in those maybe first few days, you get to the 7th of November, 8th November, 9th of November. Did anybody actually try contacting Gina to see, you know, well, we haven't heard from Brandon. Did you try contacting her at all during that time? Anybody, not just you.
1: I believe his I believe his mom tried calling um, him a couple of times to her phone mm-hmm. without success.
0: Okay, so might have been tried, but Gina never got back to her. Exactly. Okay. And when you found out about this story, Gina is saying, well, I haven't heard from him in nine days. Did your mind automatically go back to that day that he was supposed to be meeting Dominic about that money? Did you automatically think about that?
1: We we found out all of that during the time when we finally mm-hmm. talked to her um, so that we had no clue about him actually going through with the meeting up oh, okay. until then.
0: Okay. So,
1: um, but then I even reached out myself to Gina at that point saying, Gina, you seriously have not heard from him because it was not like her to not hear from Brandon and not start blowing everybody's phone up if she wasn't with him.
0: Would you say that when she did not hear from him, of course, her story, she hadn't seen him or heard from him in nine days, would you say that she sounded worried?
1: Um, No, because when I reached out to her, she pretty much said, figure it out yourself and was not very nice about it. So it was almost like a a not-give-a-care type of attitude.
0: Okay. So even though she contacted Brandon's family looking for him. On the other hand, she wasn't very open to talking to you.
1: Oh, yeah. Not even... She, she wasn't really even open to talking to anybody, honestly. She okay. was pretty much just, like, it out yourself.
0: Okay. Even though she was looking... Even though she was the one who admitted that um, Brandon was missing.
1: Yeah, she was...
0: Yeah, okay, exactly. All right, thank you. Uh, you who finally files the police report on what date are there searches done? Um, let's talk about the police in regards to all of this. Who do they talk to? Let's just talk about the police part of it now.
1: So, his mom and I sat at my house and we um, did the missing persons report together over the phone, and then. I got on my phone and I made a bunch of like missing um, person, like flyers. That's very same day and we really started like pushing that fact that he was missing um, through social media as well as handing out, we had like a flyer drive. On the 27th of November last year, we had a search party which involves search and rescue, um, and volunteers as well. Um, and we did multiple, um, searches, I guess you could say for, with search and rescue Mm -hmm. help along with just like the community, um, with no luck, but one of the places was where he went missing or was last seen, um, at that McDonald's. Mm-hmm. as well as, like, the Mississippi River's right there, and yeah. there's a few other places, like, towards the Spring Lake Park area, um, one of which was, like, um, a nature center where we did a search, as well as, you know, calling the lock and dams that, you know, from the Mississippi River and things yeah. like that. Going out of Minneapolis, um, and we really were pushing, like, social media, um, Mm-hmm. And got a lot of success with like spreading the word that way too.
0: Okay. In the work that was done over all of those days uh, was that were there any credible sightings of Brandon after November 5th? No, Zero. Okay. Now one thing uh, that I thought was uh, particularly interesting about all these regarding the searches, when all this started getting done, is that we already spoke about this bicycle that he had at Spring Lake Park, which is allegedly where Dominic brought him. What can you say about that bike at Spring Lake Park? Was it there all those days later when people started looking for Brandon?
1: Yeah, it was there. And um, it eventually got um, taken by the police officers into custody. And whatever it is they do to try to look for evidence there, but the bike had been chained up the whole time.
0: Okay, so it was chained. On the other hand, if something, uh, let's say, of a foul play nature, we don't theorize on uh, these interviews, but still we'll do this, if somebody did something to Brandon, then they would have had access to a key that would have unlocked that bike,
1: do you believe? I believe it was like a code type of lock. Oh,
0: it was. All right, so a combination lock. Yeah. All right, that only probably Brandon would have known.
1: And or maybe Gina.
0: Okay, that makes <laughs> sense yeah.
1: too.
0: Okay. So if we're to put this kind of in a timeline, he goes to the McDonald's. Dominic has this story that he takes Brandon to Spring Lake Park, just the two of them, and we'll come back to this later. But that, that bike's down there, and it seems if Brandon did get dropped off down there. Something happened between him getting dropped off and him getting to the, this other bike. Right. Okay, very good. All right, so all these searches are done. No signs of him. Um, no credible sightings of him. Anything like that. And we'll get to some of these people and you know what they had to say to the police in a little bit. But I just want to remind uh, everybody once again, Brandon's injuries... Could he walk? How far could you say he could walk with those injuries? Any ideas? Your opinion.
1: I mean, he was walking. I mean, I guess... I I don't think, like, if he needed to get somewhere, those injuries would have stopped him from getting there. So that's just... I feel like he would figured it out. They weren't like Mm -hmm. preventing him from walking, I guess, completely. He had a limp, yes, but I don't feel like it really would have stopped him from walking the distance he needed to.
0: Right. And we also might think about the idea that if he was injured bad enough that he might not have been able to ride a bike. He might not have been able to like bend a leg to push like one side of the pedals or something. Possibly.
1: Or if he was... Right. No. He was able... So, from my understanding, mm-hmm. that I mean, according to where he got dropped off, it was also right by a hospital. So, if he mm-hmm. was injured that bad, I mean, he would have been able to go there.
0: Okay, very good. All right. So, injuries—not uh, maybe that any would want to have, but it doesn't sound like any broken bones uh, or anything like that. Okay, let's move on to this. He did have a cell phone, although it got damaged, it seems, in the original crash with Dominic, Uh, but was was the phone still working? Could it still ping? Do we know anything about, not Gina's phone, but his own phone with any pings, records, any help with any of that? So it's my
1: understanding the phone still partially worked, but he wasn't able to really communicate on to it like maybe he could see a partial of numbers or um that he could maybe answer the phone but people couldn't hear him type of a deal it wasn't working properly but still partially is what my understanding is
0: okay but do we have and do we have any pings or phone records that that are from november 5th regarding his phone do you know if the police have collected those do they even exist? Um, do we do we even know?
1: We don't. The hard part about it is the police can't really tell us much more than they could tell anybody else. Because they have to use a, right. like a, you know, a precaution type of a deal. So as far as if they were able to gather those, I mean, I'm sure if I had to speculate that that would be something I would do in a situation mm-hmm. like this if I were... The police yeah so i mean whether or not they for sure got them i mean it's my understanding that that would be something they would try to do okay but i don't know that for sure
0: okay but you've never told been told that his phone last pinged at the mcdonald's his phone last pinged at spring lake park or anywhere else
1: no just that they were attempting to do pinging on it and that's all they could tell to us
0: okay very good Let's move on to the McDonald's, Uh, this video. There is a still shot. I don't know if the video has ever been made public, but there is a still shot that they used um, to publicize in the area when he went missing. Uh, Can you describe that picture? Uh, I'll surely have posted a picture by the time everybody hears our voices. But can you describe that picture and... um, is there a story about he he wanted to use the phone at the McDonald's? What can you say about all of that?
1: Yeah, we were told that he asked to use the phone there, the public or their phone that they had their business phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was initially told no, but then um, seemed you know kind of anxious, and eventually they allowed him to use a phone. Gina told us that she, he called her one time from the McDonald's phone, and that's the last she had talked to him. Um, was when he was there waiting to meet up with Dominic. Like I said, Dominic had mentioned he was running a little late that day, um, but eventually, then they must have found each other because Dominic said that he had given him a ride and did indeed meet Brandon. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and that Brandon did use their phone. So all of that is what we do know about
0: that. Okay, so there's proof that Brandon was there. Uh, is, to your knowledge, is Dominic ever seen on the video at the McDonald's? No. All right. Is G- Okay, not to your knowledge. Very well may be, but we can only talk about what we know. Is Gina uh, ever seen on the video at the McDonald's, to your knowledge?
1: Not to my knowledge.
0: Okay. Anybody else who might, could be connected to Dominic or Brandon seen on that video? No. Okay. All right. So, And we do have the still shot. He's wearing some sort of um, hockey jersey or something?
1: Yes. Okay,
0: hockey something.
1: Hockey and shoes his mom had bought him from Costco, which were, I think, Kirkland brand, and then some, like, mm-hmm. sweatpants or something
0: okay very good all right so from there he allegedly goes he was taken to spring lake park and i think what's most important for the listeners to understand is that spring lake park from the mcdonald's is in the opposite direction of where the residence in where he was doing the stepping stone program is that correct yeah so so i think spring lake park is like to the south generally and this residence in the stepping stone program was to the north
1: Right, all to the north of Spring Lake Park. That being said, only like 20 minutes in between where he was supposedly dropped off and where the residence in was. And then the McDonald's is kind of like in the middle of those two.
0: Okay. Let's move on to Dominic. Of course, he is the 18-year-old who got into this wreck uh, with his crash, uh, hit Brandon while Brandon was on his bike. It is presumed that it was dominic's fault given that it seemed like brandon was the one who was going to get paid off uh because of it um did police talk to him after brandon went missing and what did dominic have to say is this one this first story came out about dominic bringing brandon by himself to spring lake park what can you say about that
1: no dominic um like i his, Brandon's mom and I had spoken to Dominic one time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We'd gotten his phone number from Gina actually. And we just had asked him some general questions being that, um, she was the last person to see Brandon to our knowledge. Um, so we, we had learned of the story through Dominic himself. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the police talking with them that's something they can't say or not and we have mm-hmm. not been in contact with dominic mm-hmm. anymore um either since that initial story so um i'm not 100 percent sure what mm-hmm. dominic did or did not say to the police however of course we shared our knowledge of the story with the police so okay. i do know that what we were told
0: okay very good uh approximately what date did you and brandon's mother get to speak to dominic one-on-one
1: it was approximately the date that we filed the missing person report um because Mm -hmm. i remember speaking with him while we were waiting to pick up the flyers we had made
0: all right so maybe two weeks after maybe not that much two weeks 10 well, days I
1: think it was like 10 or 11 days.
0: Okay. In your opinion, would you say that Dominic was forthcoming?
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely seemed like it.
0: Because mm-hmm. he
1: had answered and told us he needed to call us back because he was in school. Mm-hmm. And he called us back. I mean, he didn't have to.
0: Okay. Now, maybe this isn't a coincidence. Maybe it is. But Brandon actually knew Dominic's father, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had no clue that, and there's no way Brandon could have known, Mm -hmm. really, was not somebody that was a close friend or anything, but somebody that we had known growing up, um, that, yeah, Mm -hmm. so we, I don't believe Brandon knew that he had known his father, but Mm -hmm. we did.
0: Uh, Maybe you need to explain that, how is, how is it even possible that Brandon uh, knew Dominic's father? From high school, were they about the same age or or what?
1: Yeah, about the same age. And so just through them living, he had went to a different high school, but right next to the town we... So we went to Spring Lake Park and his dad had went to Fridley, which is right next door to Spring Lake Park. And um, so... That's how we known him from, like, mutual friends and things like that. Okay.
0: In your opinion, uh, does it seem, of course, maybe now that Brandon's disappearance is so well-known, uh, especially at least locally there in Minnesota, in Noka, Minnesota, but I'm guessing then that Dominic's father eventually did find out that Dominic was in this wreck with Brandon?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did.
0: Okay. So, uh, no maybe good plan goes unpunished. Uh, regarding this and the father finds out that his son was in this wreck with Brandon and there was this cash deal going on. However, we have to talk about it. In your perception, does it seem that Dominic's story changed from what he told you and then he maybe told other people or changed his story later telling it to somebody else? What is your perception regarding this part? Uh, Well, it's
1: my understanding that he had um, so a friend of Brandon's had called Dominic's dad, who was also knew Dominic's dad a little better than Brandon did, and I guess had told um, this closer friend of Brandon, you know, kind of in the middle of, the, mm-hmm. and who was also knew Dominic's dad a little bit better, that Dominic had said that he had picked up Gina after picking Brandon up and gave them both a ride to spring lake park and had given them two thousand dollars but i don't know it's really hard to say when with the telephone game and things like that but understanding that the story changed a little bit
0: okay so just for the listeners i'll explain it so when you spoke to dominic or the story that got back to you originally was that dominic said yeah i met brandon and then i gave him a ride alone but just the two of them in the car down to spring lake park However, later, when somebody who also knew Brandon spoke to Dominic's father, the father said, Yes, Dominic drove Brandon and Gina to Spring Lake Park.
1: Right. And gave them $2,000 instead
0: of $1,000. All right. So, could be, certainly be the telephone game. uh, But we have to talk about something like that when we hear two different stories, and it doesn't seem like um you know there's i don't know why there would be able to any reason to lie or anything like that so that always uh, makes me suspicious but you know the father wasn't there and so maybe we have to keep this in mind um we're not um going to be making any of these or talk about public but um you yourself have done quite a bit um of uh, sleuthing i would say talking to a lot of different people um what can you say just in general about the conversations uh that you've had you've even spoken to gina you've spoken to this guy zach to jen some other people um in general what can you say about those conversations and whether any of that has led anywhere
1: i mean the conversations that i had i mean they Nothing truly adds up 100% to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. But And nothing has seemed to truly go anywhere with, of significance to my understanding. Mm-hmm. There again, I always you know, keep up hope and things that the police are doing things that I don't know about. Sure. They can't share anything. So, I mean, but nothing truly adds up to me or has added up um, in finding him this far.
0: Okay. Um, maybe I should ask you one more before we get into talking to about Gina in a little more detail. Um, Spring Lake Park, can you think of, meaning that you seem to know uh, Brandon as well as anybody, um, can you think of any other reason that Dominic would have taken to him to Spring Lake Park besides the bike? Did uh, Brandon, know anybody down there that he needed to see? Was there anybody that he needed to pay off with some of the money that he was getting? Anything like that to your knowledge?
1: Not pay off anybody to my knowledge. Um, you know, it's just really hard to say. Um, I know that Gina and Brandon, they always had a lot of disagreements. They were always. Mm-hmm. Their relationship, like I had mentioned, was not healthy, so there was a lot of um, fighting that went along there with that whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. I know Gina had been having, like, you know, different relationships behind Brandon's back and stuff like that, which had upset him prior to his disappearance. Did Um, did Brandon tell you?
0: Is that what Brandon told you?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, she's even told me that. She's openly admitted that okay. to only me, but several other people. But I mean, so why he truly would go there could be up for debate. I mean, he um could have went to just see a friend that mm-hmm. you know, and something may have happened. I mean. It wasn't uncommon for him to go to Spring Lake Park, so I mean, it could have been for numerous different reasons, but none, none of which that included him paying off anybody that I'm aware of.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you. All right, let's just talk about Gina a little more in depth. I will remind everybody that she was there uh, when Brandon got hit with a bike. We know that that bike was damaged. Um, Gina did not get hit but she would have been there when Dominic and Brandon were making this deal out for some money the the amount of which i think is seems to be at least even a year later a little bit in dispute um your understanding regarding Gina she is not seen on the video at the McDonalds but is your understanding that she actually was in the vicinity of the McDonalds that day when they met up or not
1: yeah she was within walking distance of the McDonalds okay
0: Now, you've gotten to speak to you've gotten to speak to Gina. At any point, did she ever state that after Brandon got that money that she was given a ride by Dominic to Spring Lake Park? Has anything like that ever come up?
1: No, she said she waited at the tent for several hours waiting for Brandon to return to the tent where, Mm -hmm. which was in walking distance and they had slept in the night before. Um, for several hours, she had waited. Once She went to go meet Dominic by himself, and he never returned, so she had finally left, I guess, is what she had said. And she had not seen him since he had left the tent and had not spoken to him since he called her from the McDonald's.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you for being so complete on that. Now, regarding Dominic, though, did, did he tell you this, or did you find out? For I just need to know the source on this. Did Dominic claim that Gina had threatened him?
1: Yeah, Dominic had... Well, Dominic, I guess, I don't know if he used the word threat. threatened him, but mm-hmm. said that she had called him saying that he had needed to call her back and that Brandon, I don't know, at some point, had she had told that Dominic from his own words she had told this to me and Dominic that she had said that Brandon was going to take the money from him and still turn around and turn him in for the hit and run. Or not the hit and run, the the Mm -hmm. accident.
0: Okay, so what we're saying is between the, the crash happening on whatever that was, let's say November 3rd, and the disappearance date November 5th, Gina called Dominic you know, saying, you know, you know, kind of, I guess, undermining Brandon? Is that how we're supposed to think of this? Or did this conversation happen after? What do you think?
1: It, it's my understanding that this, her saying that to Dominic happened after he had, Dominic had given him whatever amount of money on the fifth. Wow. So I, this had happened after that.
0: Okay, so Brandon told you this right to, right to your ear, I guess would say it, that that's what Gina told him.
1: So Dominic told me that uh, Akita had said this, and Gina also admitted to saying something along those lines. Oh,
0: she did. She did say that. She even admitted that uh, you know Brandon might turn around and turn him in anyway.
1: Yeah, because she said she wanted to scare him into calling her back. I guess, but I don't know why that would scare him into calling her Mm -hmm. back. Uh, I'm not sure why she would think that, but
0: that's what she had said. Okay, here Okay. Uh, let's move on to this. Uh, after Brandon went missing, did uh, anybody, uh, of course, did anybody have access to Brandon's social media accounts? Yes. All right. I and is, and uh, is there any proof that somebody on them was pretending to be Brandon?
1: Yeah, I mean, Gina admitted to going onto his account and talking to people, but um, she says because she was looking for him. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you say that she was on there just outright acting like Brandon, or was it obvious that it wasn't Brandon?
1: Um, I think there was some things on there which people knew was not Brandon when mm. they were communicating. Her, but I believe that there was also things done where people did not know that it, could, okay. that it was her. So I think, um, like, for example, she had made some phone calls to different people on there. Um, mm-hmm. So it would come up as if it were Brandon. Okay. And not leaving messages like it was her or putting it out there that it was her. So I think there's some, mm-hmm. um, it was to everybody else like that.
0: I guess when I'm asking, being that you seemingly were following this and following Brandon's social media account and seeing everything that was going on it after Brandon went missing, would you say for the most part Gina was actually trying to help or would you actually say that maybe she was getting in the way of trying to figure out what happened to Brandon using his social media accounts? Your opinion?
1: My opinion was that it did no good for her to be on there. It could mm. actually have damage.
0: Okay. All right. But she did have access to them somehow.
1: It made people. It made people think that they were being still contacted by Brandon, which mm-hmm. caused a lot of confusion in trying yeah. to find him.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, that confuse would confuse people. That would, you're exactly right. It would confuse people quite a bit. But she somehow had access to his uh, media accounts, even though he didn't have a computer. Yeah,
1: through uh, knowing his passcodes. And like I said, Breno was very vulnerable to people, especially, you know, her being in a relationship with her, having those two children taken away from her. Yeah. Uh, or both of them, you know, that they had together, uh, that she just knew his passwords and emails and, and ins and outs like that. So okay. that's what she had access to them.
0: Okay. Let's move on to this. Now, you've actually spoken uh, to Gina, and has she ever— um, let's just start here. Has she? Has the topic of conversation ever been this allegation that actually she was with Brandon after he got that money from that McDonald's? Is that something, a topic that ever came up in any conversation you've had with her?
1: Um, she has always just claimed she had not seen him since he left or spoke mm-hmm. to him since he was at McDonald's when I asked her details of the events of that day. Um, mm-hmm. She is very generalized with them, um, and I don't know. I find it hard to truly communicate with her as far yeah. as getting straight answers. Right. So she's never ever changed. That's the only thing she ever says that has happened okay. that day that she is aware of.
0: Right. And the listeners should understand what kind of made this kind of difficult also is not too long after Brandon went missing, Gina was in a very bad car wreck, correct? Yeah. Very, like, very, very bad.
1: Yeah, like almost lost her life. She was put into a coma for, I think, I don't know, approximately two weeks. She was in the hospital for multiple months. Right. Um, so they weren't sure she was even going to walk or even live through it, I guess,
0: there was a point. Okay. So that, of course, made following up with her very uh, difficult, and we also have to remember when people go through accidents like that, they can lose their memories, their short-term memories, which could affect maybe her or some of her memory regarding Brandon's disappearance, at least theoretically. Um, yeah. In talking to Gina, of course, before she was in this car wreck, did she ever offer up up her own theory as to what happened to Brandon, being that the two were living together, they were a couple, she knew he was getting this money, and then he goes missing, seemingly, allegedly, right after he gets this money. Has she ever offered up her own theory?
1: I mean, she's, you know, pointed fingers at multiple different people for different reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. But nothing that has ever went anywhere as far as mm-hmm. led us to helping find him or anything like that. But she's mm-hmm. pointed several fingers at different people, I guess, or theories of okay. what she think could have happened.
0: Okay. Has she ever, in those conversations, has she ever expressed a kind of disbelief or uh, you know, any understanding of why here she was right down the street from the McDonald's, but... Brandon decided to leave with Dominic, just the two of them alone. Has she ever been able to figure out why Brandon did that to her?
1: Yeah, she never has really said anything or figured that out from my understanding.
0: Okay, so that's never come up. She's never like been like, this is just an example. Yeah, he was supposed to come back to where I was after he got that money and never did. She never said anything like that.
1: Yeah, she, she did say she, she did. was supposed to go right back to the tent and meet with her, and that's okay. why she had sat there for several hours. She said that she thought there's a chance he could have just taken the money to go spend mm-hmm. it himself, I guess, that's yep. what she had
0: said. Okay, that's certainly possible. All right, so she did say that. Now we're going to talk about one more guy. Uh, this is a guy that has come up and uh, he has a nickname, but we're just going to go by his first name, Jared. Um, Was this a guy that uh, knew Brandon and Gina?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a guy that Gina has told to me. Like, I don't know this guy personally at all, but evidently this guy um, knew both Gina and Brandon, and she admits to having, like, a relationship with him um, behind Brandon's back on different occasions, I guess, because she was upset, I guess, at Brandon, she said.
0: Okay. You had a chance to talk to Jared. What did he have to say about all of this?
1: He just said that there were times where him and Brandon didn't, you know, get along, but that he would never want anything to happen to him.
0: Mm -hmm. Did he, at any time, has he ever offered up his own opinion on what happened to Brandon?
1: Um, Not a ton, but just has mentioned that maybe Brandon could have um, gotten into altercation with somebody and something has happened to him, but never has known anything for sure that he was aware of.
0: Okay. Uh, Has Gina and or uh, Jared ever pointed the finger at Dominic or Dominic's father or a combination of both in regards to this disappearance?
1: I mean, Gina's thought maybe that it could be possible that he may have had something to do with it, meaning Dominic, but has never had any sort of factual information as far as I'm aware of.
0: Okay. All right, so we have the situation. We're still, it, it, once again, it sounds to me, it's still very unclear what exactly went down after Brandon was at that McDonald's. Seemingly, yeah. he did get a ride with Dominic, but unfortunately, the story's changed. And, uh, you know, it's it's a big question mark uh, after that. Is that your, still your perception as well, Jenny? Yes. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to this. Now, I'm sure, uh, you know, and I've, um, you know, I know you've done a lot and you've sent me uh, a lot of information already and uh, we're going to try to arrange after we're done with this interview, which we're doing. You should know, everybody should know that we're doing this uh, this interview on November 27th of 2022. But I know that you're going to also be sending me even some more information after we're done. But could you have ever imagined Uh, that you would be in this situation, whether it was with Brandon or anybody, that you'd be looking into a a disappearance and trying to figure out what happened to somebody that you really cared about?
1: No, I could have never, ever imagined that. I feel like I was so uninformed even about how often this truly does happen until it happened to Brandon. And just having to answer questions like from my children now who know their dad has been missing for over a year um and trying to come up with some sort of an answer not having any true answers myself on where he is trying to explain it to him I never in a million years would have imagined this
0: how difficult has this been? I, 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 you know, and because of some of the information that you've already given me that I really, we really don't want to go into right now. But I know that this has been very, very difficult on you. You know, even though, you know, you weren't even um, Brandon's girlfriend any, you know, anymore. But of course, you have two children together. Uh, you know, usually when I interview people, it's usually like the mothers of missing children. Here you are, an ex-girlfriend, doing all of this to find out what happened to Brandon. I mean, what kind of toll has this taken on you over the last year?
1: Oh, a lot, it's really consumed, honestly. A lot of my time, um, just like the ups and downs like with our kids, um, with Brandon's mom and I, she is like my mom too, or the closest thing that I have to a mother. And same with his dad and his family, we're all very close to them. And we always were, even when Brandon and I weren't together. So it's been so hard trying to navigate all this stuff, Send, you know, just trying to support the kids and his parents and other family members. And with no answers ourselves, it's been very difficult.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But the main thing that just sticks with me is the first time my kids asked me like if their dad was dead. yeah. And I don't know where this even came from, but I just was able to tell them that the last we knew he was alive and that that's what we have to believe until we find something else out differently.
0: Right. That's right. Do you have a Facebook page or website, anything like that set up for Brandon's disappearance?
1: Yeah. Like I have my Facebook page, which I always keep information primarily mm. regarding Brandon on there. Um, cause I wasn't really big into social media prior mm. to him going missing. And yeah. I've kind of backed away from it a little bit, but we also have the help bring Brandon, um, home page that's also on Facebook where we try to provide different updates, pictures, or spreading ways to spread the word, um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, um, so either one of those pages, uh, you can find updates on him there.
0: Okay. Bring Brandon Home is the, is the Facebook page?
1: It's uh, Help Bring Brandon Home. Okay. Um,
0: okay. And are you an administrator on that, Jenny?
1: Yeah, myself, as well as Kelly Summers, and then we also, um, or if you just honestly Google Brandon Richard, Mm -hmm. um, missing Minnesota or something along those lines, there's also, um, one of the local news stations did a piece on his disappearance. And you can also find different links to the Facebook and, social media pages that way we also had some of the um, I believe that'll bring you to also like a YouTube link as well as like a TikTok link that was done by um, people that volunteered to help out and help spread the word
0: okay very good and I will be linking to all of that uh, before this episode comes out on December 2nd Jenny any final words before we complete this interview?
1: Just that we know, I always say there's two things we know, that somebody does know truly what happened and where he is. And that um, we know he would never have left like this on his own. So we know something didn't happen, but that somebody does know what happened to him. And we just pray every day that we finally get those answers.
0: Jenny, uh, thank you for appearing on this episode of Unfound.
1: Thank you for having us on
0: here. You're welcome. And that was my November 27th, 2022 interview with Jenny Whiting, ex-girlfriend of Brandon Rashar and mother of two of his children. I thank her for appearing on this episode. The very first point that hits me, As I start this summation, is how many missing people we've featured who were in the process of going to rehab, or just getting out of rehab, or who were in the midst of it. Yes, I know Brandon technically wasn't going to rehab per se, but surely him being part of the Stepping Stone program was staying away from drugs and being a responsible adult. Surely. Some of Unfound's disappearances I'm thinking of regarding this topic, Noah Davis, Tim Beauchart, Jessica Hamby, and those are just three right off the top of my head. I'm sure there are several more. So we must consider this while thinking about Brandon's disappearance. Overall, opinions vary on this phenomenon. But a popular idea is that these people wanted one last hit before going to rehab and overdosed. Or the rehab didn't take, and the people went right back to doing what they were doing before and overdosed because their body's tolerances had dropped. But probably the bigger elephant in the room is the cash. Really, what are the odds that on the very day Brandon is getting it, whether it was $1,000 or $2,000 or whatever, that he would go missing. And you know how much I don't like coincidences. The problem is this doesn't help us out too much. Sure, somebody who knew he was getting the cash could have jumped him, and on the streets, the attacker could be friend or foe. Cash rules all. However, we also know the worst thing that can happen for people in Brandon's personal situation is to just give that person cash. Why? Because the most likely outcome is the person will give in to his greatest temptations. And on that topic, I have a hard time believing an 18-year-old on the spot came up with the idea of paying Brandon off with cash because this sounds more like a scheme of a guy who had no money and who had been living on the streets than an 18-year-old who was going to school. Really, that Dominic even showed up at the McDonald's that day was fortunate for Brandon, because I think a lot of people would have forgotten about the whole thing as soon as they left the accident scene and not followed through with paying any cash to anyone. That I believe Brandon came up with this payoff means I'm inclined to believe Brandon inadvertently created a lot of possible suspects by telling them he was getting cash due to his on-the-spot idea of forcing money out of an 18-year-old because he was all excited about it. And that might be the biggest unhappy accident of all. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.